Hello, Auburn family, and welcome back to page eight, where I keep you updated on everything that is happening in Auburn sports. If you have not been with us before, I'm your host, Kristen Carr, and I'm so glad to be back with you all. There is so much happening in Auburn right now, and I want to address all of the questions and rumors with the football program, and we can talk about that later, but what I want to do today is just take a step back and focus on something fun and different right now. And one thing that I forgot to announce last week is that we are now releasing episodes on Tuesday, so keep an eye out for those. But today, I am so excited to say that I have not one but two guests who have never been with us before. And we are going to be diving into a fascinating topic, the Auburn basketball Twitter world. We have Ali Davison and Pablo Escobarner here with me today. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, Good. no problem. Thanks Good for having here. us. All right. So before we get into some of the details with you guys, um, I would love for you both to just tell our listeners who you are, um, what your connection is to Auburn, and just kind of what you do in regards to being essentially a, um Auburn Twitter personality, I guess. And um, Ali, you can start, and then Pablo, you can go after her. Oh, geez, this is hard to sum up. Um, so <laughs> I graduated uh, Auburn in 2016, so I am an alum, and I'm old. Uh, so I don't, God, that's saying it out loud. It's way older than I, um, way older than it sounds. Um, and back in the day, I used to cover Auburn recruiting for Rivals, and that's kind of how I dived in. And I did that for four years while in school, which was pretty crazy. I had to lie and tell recruits I wasn't a student until they saw me in their classes the next year. So that was always fun. Um, and then after that, I worked in sports and kind of just always kept my foot into Auburn doing podcasts or helping out here and there with just different Auburn stuff. And um, yeah, on Twitter, I just like to put orange and blue glasses on and kind of never let anyone tell me that Auburn's bad at anything. So <laughs> Pablo's story is much better than mine. Yeah, so I'm uh, actually a little bit older, but I'm I'm on the I'm on the side of the fence where I'm like just old enough where I'm have to get like really defensive that I'm not that old. So I graduated in 2012. Um, so I'm formally in my 30s now officially. Um, so yeah, I get a little bit of both sides of that. I was down there when Cam was there, but our basketball team was absolutely terrible. So it's almost like a polar opposite of what students are getting to experience right now, <laughs> which is wild to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, just as an Auburn Twitter person, um, I work in a capacity that I don't want to jeopardize that by just saying stupid things online, even though I try not to be like overly controversial anyway, but you know, not, not trying to get formally canceled out here for any stupid thing that really is very insignificant. So um, keep a safe distance from that. I'm not trying to like get in fights with people online, even though I do engage in such things to like make fun of people that are have stupid takes. Um, but yeah, more of just to, just to laugh, bring some lighthearted stuff to some otherwise serious things, you know, kind of make things a little bit silly, drive some conversation and most importantly, just push the Auburn propaganda as far as I can take it. All right. And, um, how or when did you guys start becoming involved in um, Auburn sports on Twitter? So was it this season particularly that you felt like, you know, kind of brought it out of you guys or has it always been um, a part of your life? And um, Pablo, you can take this one first. Oh, man. So obviously it's, it's shifted over the years. No, I mean, it's been something I've been involved with to a much more minor extent 
largely because I just couldn't always say whatever I wanted to under a personal account. Um, so then took that next step to take that to the next level. I guess that was now about three or four years ago, um, you know, and kind of got more involved on that, on the shenanigans side of things. Um, and so it's just, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy and cool to see, you know, what it's, what it's turned into and, you know, kind of the notoriety that like Auburn Twitter now has, it's, it's been a hilarious rise. <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. Yeah. You know, up until probably this season, I really don't think I considered myself part of Auburn Twitter um, or whatever they call it. The kids call it these days. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends on, I have a lot of friends on the beat. And so I, I get that side of Auburn Twitter in that kind of world, but I'm really leaning into my, um, fan side more these days. So I've been around it for a while and it's really crazy. I mean, I think I saw someone said like, it feels like Auburn Twitter's doubled since the start of basketball season for better, for worse. Um, and <laughs> that's been crazy to see, you know, it used to be a group of 20 people that kind of all were talking back and forth and retweeting the same things. And now it's hundreds and thousands of people um, that are getting in on the conversation, which is, which is really cool when things are going really well, um, which is basketball is, which is what we're talking about, not talking about anything else. So no, it's been uh, really fun to see it grow um, and get recognized by, you know, national media knows it now. I mean, it's, it's a thing, whether social media managers on other teams want to deny it or not, it's not going away. So I say embrace it or your lives are going to be a lot more miserable. <laughs> um, so Allie, when I started, I guess I started seeing some of your posts um, really right before that Kentucky game um, when all of the students were camping out and stuff and um, some of my friends were tweeting it, some of my journalism um, people were re retweeting it and it ended up getting some major attention. Um, tell our audience what you were trying to organize um, and how it came, kind of came about. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think Paula can agree, like, I would have been out there camping just like them. Um, and I would have hoped someone would have sent me some pizza and or adult beverages and or anything to keep me warm overnight for a basketball team. I mean, I would have loved that. And so I was literally just bored on a Friday and I started seeing people um, Pablo started, you know, retweeting kids already camped. I say kids, they're really not that much younger than me, but kids. And um, I was like, oh, this would be fun. Like, let's see if we can get, you know, $200 to send out to kids. Um, little did I know that I would, you know, we would have gotten $14,000 and delivering pizzas on pickup trucks um, at midnight. So it was a crazy ride. Um, definitely came out of nothing other than I was only giving money to kids. Um, and then Pablo started, was like, Hey, I'll join in. And then, so we kind of teamed up and he did a huge delivery drop and he got to see it in action. So I love to hear his take on their surprise meeting the Pablo in person and, you know, getting all the supplies. So I only heard great things, um, but I wasn't there to witness it. So I'd love to get his take on that. Yeah. So I was leaving Auburn. I mean, leaving Auburn. I was leaving, I live here in the Birmingham area. So, I mean, I was going to be leaving, that afternoon to go to the gymnastics meet that night. Um, and so I was like, well, I got a little bit of time to kill, not much, but you know, I can run by Costco grab, you know, just whatever I can fit in a shopping cart, you know, that's like not going to go old sitting out for several hours and that kind of stuff. And what better place than Costco to grab stuff like that. So, uh, and I mean, when I was going, you know, this had not been, this was still in its infancy at that time when I was about to go to Costco. So like, you know, Allie had tweeted, you know, about the, 
you know, the kids. And so then I like, read, you know, quote tweeted that or whatever, you know, that I would totally jump in, you know, we would personally just, just pitch in some money, you know, 15, you know, 10, $15 here and there to, you know, several students, just like she said, I would a hundred percent been out there with my dumb ass. Sorry if I, can I say that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I would have hundred percent been out there, um, you know, with my friends. I mean, I was in Tony Barbie student sections with, with 13 people. So I would have a hundred percent been out there all night in the freezing cold. So just wanted to have a little bit of support, you know, from, from that side of things. And it's like in the grand scheme, sure. They don't, they might not truly need, you know, be in need. I mean, I can acknowledge that. I mean, it's not like we're providing for the ASPCA or something, but it's like at the same time, like it blew up so fast that it became a thing where like there were so many people out there and logistically there was just nothing already in place. And so people don't really understand how quickly things like that can get out of hand when you're like, you've got that many people now congregated. Like, of course the people aren't going to jeopardize their spot. Like they're obviously going to get hungry. They're going to get cold, all those kind of things. So like that, that played into the whole thing. So I went to Costco anyway, earlier in the afternoon, grabbed, you know, like just sort of like $200 worth of stuff, you know, it's like trail mix and, you know, water and granola bars and, you know, bags of chips, just all that kind of stuff. And so I had already grabbed that, was planning on taking it anyway, but then like, you know, it's within a half hour, an hour of leaving there. I like ask Allie, I'm like, you know, what's, what's it up to? And she's just like, I think at that point it was like $3,000. And I was just like, what, like what is happening? So then at that point we kind of knew that it was about to take off and that obviously it was going to become, you know, a really big thing as like the night kept rolling. And so being on the road for four hours, um, you know, it's really hard to do a lot of the logistics, you know, when it comes to like being in touch with people on the ground, because I was trying to be safe driving my family to Auburn for a gymnastics meet. So yeah, Allie pulled so many strings, you know, behind the scenes to, you know, logistically get all that stuff worked out and make sure that, you know, stuff was going where it needed to be going and, you know, staying in touch with people there on the ground. You know, we had been talking to that afternoon, um, you know, just trying to get the timing down, the logistics down. And there was a good bit more that actually went into it behind the scenes, you know, than, than people might realize. I mean, it's not, it wasn't a crazy amount of stuff, but I mean, there was a lot of conversations and DMs and orchestrating and all that kind of stuff, you know, that went in between a lot of different people to make this happen. And it was just cool to see like how quickly it blew up and became a thing. Yeah, yeah, that's no, incredible. It was, yeah, wow. it really is. I mean, and I, you know, I've been asked this quite a few times, you know, about this whole thing and like the charity stuff is great. And I'm sure you're going to ask about like that obviously means more than that, but I, we really started it for the kids and like for the fans and like that, I don't want that to get lost because like, like we both said, we would have been out there and I would have taken any cash thrown my way. Um, to go over to village dining and get food to last. And so uh, that's really what it started with. And it was cool that before we even announced the money was going to go to charity, people were donating. We had $2,000 donation from one person that said, whatever the kids want, and then whatever leftover, go to charity. Like people wanted to donate it to the students, which I think is super cool. Right. And then once it was announced for the charity, we had even more roll in, but I just thought of that's something a lot of people might not know is people were donating before this extra money was even considered or a thing. Cause we didn't know how much we were going to get. Um, so I think that it's just a testament to the massive Auburn alumni support that's around there and just something really cool um, and a grassroots kind of thing that the good of social media brings out for a lot of people. Yeah, I didn't even realize um, it's it's really cool that there were so many people who were just they just wanted to support students, which is it's a really cool thing. I think maybe people saw how much students were behind this program and they just thought, OK, maybe we can just 
help them out. Um, you know, you give a little and you might get a little back, which is kind of cool. And I do love that y'all um, donated so much to charity. I think that's so cool, especially to, to Outlive and um, with that being such a, you know, such a close thing to Bruce Pearl's heart and, and everything. I just think that's so cool and obviously very, very generous of you guys and also to everyone who put time and effort into, you know, the logistics of organizing all of that is really cool. So I, I thank you guys for that. Um, and I, it's a it's a very f- cool time to be an Auburn student right now, um, I have to say. I, I don't think the student section has ever been highlighted like this before. Yeah. No, I'm so jealous. And, you know, will we be doing it again? Probably not. I don't think I could handle another all night Friday. I'm old. I have to go to bed. Now it's up until 4 a.m. making sure people weren't dying in the streets of uh, Pearlville or whatever they call it now. <laughs> Um, but no, it's, it's awesome. And, you know, about the charity, it means a lot to me. Um, you know, I've been, you know, buying the outlet shirts, going to the games since Bruce Pearl came to Auburn. And it really does mean a lot to his family. And, you know, the whole weekend while it was going on, he was prepping for probably the biggest game in Auburn history, um, basketball history of recent history, you know, against Kentucky. And he still acknowledged that things were going on. Um, to me personally and the other coaches like what like what you guys have done is incredible right and for I think that's just a testament to who Bruce is you know after they announced the number one ranking the first thing he said was you know thank you the Auburn family for this and I think that shows you know like I said what kind of man that is and that's a really cool thing that I people might not know about him right like he knows this charity is important but it means the world to him and he wants this to outlive him you know, is the phrase. Um, and I think it will, especially since we've got him locked down for um, as long as we want him, it sounds like. So that's, that's something really cool too, that hopefully people can take away from it. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's like, you don't have, he's not merely a basketball coach. Like that man is a beautiful staple of the community that we call this silly Auburn family. And it's, it's just really cool to see like, how involved he actually is. And just that acknowledgement goes a long way, making everyone feel like they're a part of something. And he does that better than literally anybody in the world. <laughs> so it's cool that he's our guy. Yeah. Um, I want to ask Pablo about um, the, you know, you've self-labeled yourself as the director of shenanigans. Um, and I want to ask you about the the meme spamming of the opponents um, after losses. Was that, um, that was pretty much started by you. Is that correct? So I can't, I can't take credit. I mean, I can obviously say I'm one of the people pushing that, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't me individually that was like, everyone get on board with this or you suck like that. That didn't happen. So like, it it was a very organic grassroots thing that just was kind of slow for a while. And several of us like, you know, just saw the trend in like NBA Twitter, thought it would be really cool. Obviously it helps when you're winning because then you can just do it to literally everybody. And like now we're flying so close to the sun that <laughs> like I can acknowledge that too. I think we're like officially scraping the surface of the sun. So it, it's going to, I mean, we we're Auburn fans. Like we're going to have to take our lumps. We understand this. We're just kind of having fun with it, you know, while we can. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of crazy because, you know, we started doing it, I guess about two years ago now. And I mean, it was maybe, you know, a couple dozen people, you know, here and there, you know, doing some videos, doing some, some memes. And then it just kind of blew up into this thing. Like this year, like last year, it had a, had a couple of decent games where it was a good turnout, but like, you know, then it just became, we, um, I don't know the word I'm trying to say here, got a little bit better, like with communication, organizing and making this like 
something that could potentially go viral, right? So it's like laying all the groundwork for that, you know, between different group chats to like different people that would have different reach to to different sects of people. And, you know, we've got not not as in gender like sex, CTS. <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, you know, then then we like started up this like Discord channel where, you know, there's like 200 people in that thing now. So it's like, you know, once you start getting that amount of people involved in something, then it's like, that's, that's an amount where like, everybody's going to start seeing that. Right. So it's like, once that became a thing, then it was like, okay, cool. Like I want to be a part of that. Like I have people like in their forties and fifties, like sending me DMS that like just started a Twitter account in like December and January. Like, I love this and I want to be a part of it and have absolutely no idea what's going on, but please help me because it's fun. And so like, it's, it's just pretty funny to see like, a traditional classic fan base that's usually shunned away from such a thing to like totally lean into just like the online idiocy of like what's taking place right now. And even being one of the ones that like drives that whole conversation, I can hundred percent acknowledge how stupid it is, but it's also hilarious. And now it's at a point where like everyone acknowledges it. It makes other people so mad that like, that's what people that haven't figured out yet either. It's like the more you do that kind of stuff, like, the chinks in the armor, like, we're just gonna, we're just gonna target in on that. And like, please be mad. Like, that's, I would love nothing more than you actually be mad online over a picture that got edited and thrown some words on it. Yeah, no, I think you made a good point that a lot of people, you know, and hopefully a lot of students that are listening to this podcast don't realize is Auburn social media for literally up until I would say this year has always just kept a very classic family friendly. Absolutely. We don't mess in the mud kind of voice. And I've begged and begged the social media managers there. And just anyone in marketing, like, please just embrace social media for what it is. Cause this fan base has something really special. Um, and to see, you know, the peacock movement happen and to see the team embrace that, you know, to see the memes up in the video board, you know, it's just something I never would have thought would ever happen to an Auburn sports social media account. And again, everything starts with Bruce and he's so humble and he doesn't think anything has to do with him, but this program and this fan base and where they're at would not be a thing without him. Um, and so just another, you know, notch on how lucky we should be that Bruce decided, you know, this was the opportunity um, to take. So it's just, it's wild. And I don't, I hope people understand that because 10 years ago, there's no chance in H double hockey stick that Auburn is putting memes and a peacock in their Twitter handle. It just wouldn't happen. Um, So it's, it's pretty cool to see. It's funny how like Bruce has embraced it because I've never seen any other program do do it that way. I mean, usually they sort of they know that it happens and they know that it exists, but it's it's kind of off um in the distance, but they've just full on, you know, embraced it. Yeah. Yeah. And to your point of, you know, about the social media managers, like that that a hundred percent has like been the case. Like, I mean, it, this wasn't a matter of like even us as the ones doing all this, like, you know, begging them and like, please start, you know, being it like they reached out to us and was like, how can we get involved with this? Like how can we kind of take advantage of this? And that's obviously before we went on like a 19, 20 game winning streak. Like this was happening just because it was fun to do. And like, they just kind of jumped on the wave at the time. And now it's just blown up coincidentally. Like that all has just grown organically, like with each other. So it sounds silly to say, but like it, it really is like everybody's in on the gag now. Like, you know, you're all part of that. And I mean, from, like Joshua Wetzel, the guy that, you know, that runs the social stuff for Auburn's basketball account. Like I talked to him a pretty good bit and 
obviously there's only so much he can do, you know, that, to get the true go ahead, you know, and like get the appro- seal of approval to, to post certain things. But like, man, you know, he's shooting ideas off of me all the time and like with other people. And like, he's, he's like in on it now. Like he, he is just, you know, cause I mean, they're social, they're social people. So like, that's huge engagement. They're like loving, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed like they're posting, you know, before the games now, like, you know, like hit us with some pregame memes and, you know, because we're not the ones replying to their account at the end of the game. So they want to see stuff beforehand, you know, and get that engagement. And for him to like reach out, want to be involved, like Marlene, just God bless Auburn for like hiring Marlene, like as director of communications, because she has been a godsend, like just her involvement at every level, just making sure that like, everyone's in touch with the right people that like this message is going out in the right way as much as we can control it. I mean, obviously bad apples are going to slip through. You're trying not to like truly be nefarious and negative, which is going to happen because it's the internet, but it's just cool to see like everybody embrace it from the social manager, the director of communication, the marketing directors. And like Ali said, like when you're in the game, they're literally playing a video that scrolls memes and then just blares a peacock video. Like who else is doing that? Right. Like nobody is that in tune with their fan base. And so it's just, I I mean, I'm have to pinch myself all the time. Like I can't believe this is real life when I'm like at these games and I'm like seeing all these memes that we're just like making on the internet, actually on a hype video. Like think about how crazy that sounds like that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And to kind of wrap it up with you guys, um, college game day is coming to Auburn on Saturday, um, what are y'all's predictions for the Texas A&M game? Oh, God. Well, I'm 1-0 for being at games this season, so I'm going to try to make it 2-0. Um, I don't own orange, so I've got to apparently find something orange. Um, and it is the Outlive game, which is also really cool because at first I was like, oh, maybe they'll move it, you know, game day. And they're like, hell no, this is the platform we want this right. you know, charity foundation to be is on game day, which I, again, a testament to them understanding what's important. Um, again, starting with Bruce, everything comes back to BP. But yeah, I mean, I think we're not going to be undefeated heading into the game on SEC. I think Tuesday might be a big test against Arkansas, especially if Jeff Jasper doesn't come back and, you know, he's still a little injured, but at home, I'm going to take us 10 out of 10 times. I just don't see anyone being riled up. I hope the students understand that having a basketball college game day in Auburn, Alabama is absolutely unheard of, especially as the number one basketball team in the entire world, as our little kid on the internet tells us, um, it's going to be insane. It's going to be madness. I wish it wasn't at 11 a.m. because that's quite early, but I think it's going to be a dub and it's going to be a really cool atmosphere. And I hope people the whole time, every time I, you know, someone asks like, what do you think about the season? I just really hope people embrace it. You know, the whole contract with Bruce kind of got everyone up in arms. And I'm like, you know, whatever happens, you have to enjoy this moment because hopefully it comes again. You know, hopefully Bruce is building, you know, number one teams, but this kind of moment in this culture and this fan base and where they're at right now, like it can't be duplicated. And I just hope students and alumni and fans can enjoy, you know, every second because it's going to be a wild ride up until hopefully beginning of April for a final four. Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday is going to be a tough one. Um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all to come out of there with an L. That's not very peacock of me, but like it's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough test. So for the game Saturday, yeah, that's going to be awesome. I will be there back in attendance, enjoying all, all of its glory. Um, so, I mean, looking forward to that. I think we get the dub pretty comfortably, um, especially after a tough game. You know, we just played on the road. We'll have another game on the road. 
they'll be very hungry to play at home, you know, and get that, get that crowd back going and that momentum swinging the right way. So regardless of what happens Tuesday, which I'm going to go ahead and say, let's just say it's going to be a win. Then going into Saturday. Yeah. I'm totally looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. All right. Thank you guys so much um, for coming on, for talking to me. Um, I cannot wait for um, our listeners to just hear what you guys had to say. And I, I mean, this was so fun. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having us, Kristen. You were great. Yeah, thank you so much. That was awesome. Podcasts were not a thing when I was in school, so the plainsmen would have had one back in the day. (laughs) They definitely weren't when I was in school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're fun. Um, It's it's been really fun uh, to do it. So, I it's an honor to be able to host it. I I feel very um, very blessed. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's awesome. You do a good job. Thank y'all. War Eagle. War Eagle. Hey, this is Collins Keith, podcast writer for The Plainsman. If you like this podcast and would like to support the organization and our team, you can visit our website at theplainsman.com and click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 127 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here at Auburn. Thank you so much in advance, and now back to the show. All right, Auburn family, we are going to wrap up today's episode talking a little bit about gymnastics. We have Casey Barrett here to give us an update. We've been talking so much men's basketball, but it would be an injustice um, not to talk about gymnastics right now. So Casey is here. Exactly. So Auburn, as everyone know, headed down to Baton Rouge this past Saturday to compete against the number eight LSU Tigers in a tough top 10 matchup, especially since this is a conference meet in the SEC as well. We saw Auburn just fell short to LSU with a score of 197.975 to 197.750. But this score for Auburn actually tied for the program's best record. Suni Lee stood out the most in this meet overall with her first perfect 10 as a Tiger on bars and her 39.825 all-around title, which is an Auburn record and a tie for the nation's best score this season. This loss brought the Tigers to be ranked 7th this week. However, after being on the road this last week, the Tigers will host number 9 Missouri in the Auburn Arena on Friday at 8 p.m. All right, Casey, thank you so much for that update. Thank you. All right, that is going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening. We always appreciate your support. And uh, this episode will be coming out, like I said at the beginning, on Tuesdays now. So keep an eye out for them. And War Eagle.